Hello and welcome to Please Don't Send Me Into Outer Space, the podcast intent on exploring all that science fiction and fantasy has to offer one movie at a time. My name is Joel. My name is Sarah. My name is Alfie the Goat. I mean, my name's Aaron. Was it Alfie? I think it was Alfred. Alfred. Yeah, yeah, well, he, he they, proper the, small, the small girl named, or never mind. All right. Alfred the Goat. Yeah, use that properly. A.K.A. Aaron. Meh. <laughs> <laughs> The movie this week is Return <laughs> from Witch Mountain from 1978, directed by John Hugh and written by Malcolm Marmorstein and based on Alexander Key's characters. Starring Betty Davis, Christopher Lee, Kim Richards, Ike Eisenman, Jack Sue, and uh, I'm not going to name all these stupid kids. They're they're cooler by their their cool street names. Can is, right? can we just name off their street names real quick? Well, do you remember them? Uh, yeah. Okay, go ahead. I remember Dazzler, but that was kind of the giveaway, wasn't it? Right. That's the uh, you should have <laughs> started from the cool names. I don't remember the cool names, Joel. It was muscles, 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 Rocky, Rocky, okay. Dorcas. No. No. <laughs> the other one was uh, Crusher. Crusher. Crusher's actor was credited as Poindexter and only Poindexter in the uh Is that the dude? Credits. So I'm assuming they were trying to... Uh, this is the dude with the glasses, I'm assuming, right? Yeah, I assume so, also. Uh, by the way, that was Tina Yother's brother, because Poindexter Yother's. Do you think... Like, did he just, like, make a career of being, like, a nerd later in life? Like, Poindexter was just, like... Oh, no, I guess that he was titled at the time of the movie... That was his name. Okay. I mean, Never I mind. Never that, mind. That was actually the actor's name was Poindexter, but, you know, Dexter for short, right? Oh, no. Okay. No, fair enough. I'm right. being very judgmental right now. Uh, have you ever met a Dexter before? Uh, no. I've never met a Poindexter. I didn't remember that that was actually a real name that people shorten. Yeah. But I remember thinking about the fact that if it was a name, it was associated with dorks. Yeah. And that yeah. that seemed unfair for that person with that name. Honestly. Yeah, it's just one of those names and unfortunately that's permanently associated. Hey, let's talk about this movie. Uh, um, if your name happens to be Poindexter or shortened to Dexter, can you please write in and give us like a small, like, report of some sort of how your life has been <laughs> yeah i really want to hear about all the abuse you've lived through please no, i'm just in today <laughs> please don't podcast at gmail.com come on Aaron. hey hey now do you think that the show 
<laughs> Off the rails. Continue. <laughs> Do you think that the show Dexter would have been more scary if it was called Poindexter? No. Do you think that the show Dexter's Laboratory would make more sense if it was called Poindexter's Laboratory? I'm sure he was Poindexter in that case. Yes, me too. I, I kind of like the sound of Poindexter's Laboratory better than Dexter's Laboratory. Me too. Why didn't they do that? I guess we were supposed to know that unconsciously. I feel like the first word balances the second word very yeah. well. Hmm. So in this movie, Tony and Ty. <laughs> oh, yeah. There are, there are our buds from the first uh, movie. I believe it's uh, Escape to Witch Mountain. Escape to Witch Mountain, yeah. And now we're returning... From? Yeah, we never thought they'd come back, but here they are. They're coming back down the mountain. Like, if you haven't seen Escape to Witch Mountain, guess what? You're immediately spoiled on the ending of that movie, because this movie, it doesn't take place after, I mean, immediately after, but it the scene from the end of the first movie... I d- don't blame us. It was the randomizer, guys. Mm-hmm. No, yeah, that's, that's why we're watching it. <laughs> but uh, I'm just gonna, yeah, since we're gonna be talking about it, it's from the 70s, okay? A lot of people, although when I brought this movie up with people, they didn't know there was even a sequel. Uh, you surprised me immediately, because like, I've seen the first one a couple times. Mm-hmm. I remember kind of, even as a kid, falling asleep to that movie and waking up and seeing like flying cars and stuff and being really impressed, but not really remembering the center of the film very much. <laughs> the context of what was yeah. going on. Well, I mean, I knew that they were trying to like get home or something. Do, do you remember the parts where they were talking to a bear? Uh, no, but now I feel, uh, uh, cheated. Well, this movie has her talking to a goat. The first movie, yeah. they're talking to a cat. They talk to a oh, horse. They talk okay. to a bear. Yeah. And dogs. That's right. There's this part where dogs are chasing at them. And rather than run away, they turn around and they're like, okay, you guys stop. Now there's some very bad men that are chasing after us. And I want you to turn around and get them. And the dogs do. <laughs> that is amazing. Yeah. But here, I mean, the what they do with the goat in this movie though. Uh yeah. Yeah, Alfred the goat is pretty amazing. I had seen the original a couple of times and fell asleep as well, Eric. <laughs> okay. But I think it was asking a lot of kids of the 80s to pay attention to it yeah. because there's some heady stuff in it and there's also some boring stuff in it too. But um the first one I was just like is there an RV in it to Joel? <laughs> and he was like, yeah. And I'm like, that's what I remember. An RV. It's pretty memorable. Yeah. It's pretty memorable. And they are in a bad situation in that oh, yeah. movie. But yeah, they they make it through. And then this movie. <laughs> this would be the worst vacation ever. Oh, yeah. I mean, well, like they get, uh, yeah, they just get dropped off by their alien uncle in the beginning and put to a cab and the worst cab driver in Los Angeles, which I don't, I don't know if that says much, but yeah. Well, I mean, I mean, I'm just going to, I'm just going to put this out there. Like, why, why didn't they just like teleport them to the hotel? They're not that kind of alien there. Oh, okay. They don't have teleportation powers. Don't be ridiculous. You're right. They that is asking a little much, isn't it? As there are powers that they have in this movie that they don't have in the first movie. Like, um, in the first movie, first of all, they don't know they're aliens. Mm-hmm. That's the whole thing, right? Okay. Like they're learning that as they, that's like the mystery that we solve during the thing. Mm-hmm. And, uh, after that, 
the the boy can only do his psychic powers in the movie when he's doing this. Uh, he uses a harmonica. Okay, I remember that. I remember some harmonica going down. Yeah. And uh, the the girl can speak to his mind, but he can't, for some reason, speak to her mind. Obviously, that's different in this movie. Okay. But uh, we're we're just levitating whatever we want in here. And technology is the victim. Well, I mean, do you really need technology if you can just move everything with your mind, Joel? Oh, may- yeah, maybe that's why they're blowing everything up. They're like, this is cheap crap compared yeah. to our spaceship. We'll just destroy my every advanced machine mind. I've ever seen. <laughs> every machine you see in this movie gets, <laughs> it seems to blow up. My advanced mind is better than your advanced technology, Joel. True. Yeah, they, they uh, destroy a bunch of stuff. They knock over a bunch of trash cans. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah. Um, bunch of hooligans. <laughs> Earth folk had no chance. I feel like this is kind of similar to like I was saying to Joel earlier. It's kind of like Mary Poppins. They can just move stuff around, and um, that's great, great way to sum up Mary Poppins. <laughs> <laughs> she can move stuff around. She's the nanny who moves things with her mind. I, I feel she's more of a time lord, though, because her bag is also oh, yeah. of infinite size. It's just a bag of holding, right? I guess so. I, I like to think That's in Aaron's fanfiction, fan fiction, it's a TARDIS. Well, maybe nice. those, those questions will be answered in the new Mary Poppins Returns movie that's coming out, I think, this year. Oh, snap! So, um... <laughs> Worst cab driver ever. Oh yes, yes. So, so you're, you're made. You're made guardian of two young kids. You run out of gas. You leave the cab behind. They're you're, in the bad neighborhood. Now, I mean, would you guys take the kids with you to go get gas? Like, how would you feel about that? Is that, that? Does that? Does it? I mean, I'm just saying, you're a cab driver. You run out of gas because, like, obviously, you've been doing donuts and and at the Rose Bowl. Waiting for whoever is going to show up. Right. And then um, you just start driving anyways without looking at your gas tank at that point? Yeah. What's going on, guys? I think he was on speed. (laughs) (laughs) He seemed high-strung and grouchy. I... Yeah, I wouldn't have left the kids alone, but... I like the camaraderie between the kids. That's something that I think is cool in this movie. But I like them better than the gang the gang of kids that comes in later. Not a fan of them them kids, huh? The the warriors. It's alright. It's just a little rascals type thing <laughs> and like I don't know. I I was pleased by their aesthetics. If that makes sense, I felt that the they're, they're dressed. Yes, yes. Oh. The aesthetic of their gang, I felt really pleased me for some reason because it felt like they were like little little Conans, the barbarians running through seventies uh, Los Angeles. You know, they were extras from the bad video. Mm-hmm. <laughs> when they throw them that knife and they they do kind of like a party in that parking lot or whatever. <laughs> I'm just saying, all he needed was little Viking helmets, and I really would have been like all about them. No, you had to settle for ripped jean jackets with the skull design on the back. I'm about it. And of course the uh the whatever the 
armlets with the uh, yeah. studs on them. Yeah. No, I mean, I mean, like in reality, I'm sure that that wouldn't go down <laughs> exactly the way that this Disney movie is trying to sell it to us. Uh, but yeah. how come the uncle dropped them off? That's what I said. I thought you should just like teleport them or like maybe land the UFO on the top of the building or whatever. I, mean, I don't. I don't. What do, what do you mean? Why did he drop them off? Like, why didn't he just park it and go with them? Oh yeah. To do. I don't know. He didn't explain why. It, it was why. never explained, I mean, Sarah. These kids are responsible enough in the first movie to get their asses all the way, you know, cross country to the Witch Mountain. Right. So maybe you thought they were. But they there could was handle it. There was an unknown variable this time around. They didn't expect science. Yeah, they just strike back. She's got better than Okay, sorry. Uh, <laughs> now you you were talking about Christopher Lee and his awesome car. Yeah, mm-hmm. that car, guys. Man. That car was awesome. Christopher Lee could drive me anywhere in that car. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, here's it. Okay, uh, God rest his soul. I absolutely love Christopher Lee. If he pulled up in a car and rolled down the window was like, Aaron, get into my vehicle. <laughs> Would you get in the car with him? I'd be like, yes, my lord, Saruman. Sarah? Um... If he rolled up and said, Aaron, get into the vehicle, would you get in? <laughs> I mean, first I'd probably poop my pants. And then and then I'd, and then I'd uh, hop in. No, I'd be afraid. They'll never make it Sorry, the Christopher Lee. You're a pretty scary guy in movies. Have you guys listened to any of his metal albums? No. no. Okay. We'll, we'll have a little listen in a little bit. Is this a joke? No, nah, he's got a couple metal albums. Wow, that's cool. Joel says things like that all the time that aren't true. <laughs> so I have to ask if it's a joke. <laughs> it's uh it's it's some good. I like it. Yeah, he's playing a total creep in this movie who loves science above all things and is willing to sacrifice poor Betty Davis's nephew. Well, and Betty Davis's money. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's all gone already, but he, he, gone, I mean, he gone. made a good invention. Yeah. You got a special chip you stick right behind your ear, and you got a little, uh, like, a miniature walkie-talkie thing. You know what it looked like? What it looked like to you, Joel? It looked like one of those, like, candy, like, plastic slot machine things. Yeah! yeah. No, totally! <laughs> the button on the side. <laughs> <laughs> Gonna get that jackpot! But, uh, yes, when that thing was stuck to somebody, behind somebody's ear, he could... Tell them what to do at any point. Or something like that. Man. I think that's the key to their financial success. And they didn't really need to do other stuff. Yeah. They could just use that. Well. Or sell it to other people. And, like, everything probably would would have been okay. But, obviously, there was an accident with their experiment. Test subject was going down. It was just, like, the, the... the circumstances of, mm-hmm. of the situation that I think really worked against them, but also led our movie into its next act. Right. Uh, I mean, yeah, like, they must have field tested this beforehand, right? I mean, he knew... I, I don't That's know. what I'm getting at, too, is like... is like, Well, but I think maybe this, this scene right here is supposed to show how twisted our scientist was by making a, a test subject do something they not necessarily would want to do 
Right, and they're they're both kind of like the bumbling evil villains on on different sides of things. Yeah. Like neither neither of them are are stupid, but they do seem to have they're, ideas that they don't care how far they have to go to succeed in them. I was going to say their passions uh uh kind of burn out reason. They burn so brightly it burns reason. So when the the kids are abandoned by the cab driver, one of them has a vision of a man falling off a building, so he uh in this case uh Tony, right? Tony runs off to go uh try to stop this and tells Ty to stay in the cab. Mhm. And when he gets there, he does see that uh, this uh, lanky actor who <laughs> I showed, I showed Sarah and Aaron the clip from uh, Naked Gun Two and a Half that I knew him from. He's the assassin who tries to kill uh, Lisa Marie Presley in the shower and starts singing "Memories from Cats." But, <laughs> I mean, she, he, obviously, he's a lot younger in that. In uh, what, what's that song, Joel? I'm it's a song from the way we were. Actually, I don't know. The it's the theme of the way we were. The way we were. Nice. Can it be? No. He <laughs> saves his life, and that's the mistake because his, their their dirty uncle. Oh yeah. When they dropped him off, told him not to use their powers. Oh, of course not. Why, why should you be able to use the one thing that gives you an advantage on this planet? I thought that that guy, the lanky guy, looked like um, the guy that she falls in love with in Belle de Jour. The weird, like, street guy. You'll have to forgive me. Belle de Jour? It's a French movie with uh, Catherine Deneuve in it. Yeah, she's... She's a she's like a housewife, right? Who decides to become a prostitute? Uh, it's it's a weird movie. Oh, fair enough. But it's kind of surreal. Oh, yeah. that's cool. It's that sounds good. fun. But visually, they do this some really cool effects. And isn't there there a part where a Japanese man just wants her to like wants her to? I can't remember what his fetish is. He's got some specific fetish, and he doesn't speak French. Um. I don't remember exactly what he want what he <laughs> Sounds, wants her uh, to do, but they send some other person in, I think, instead oh of her. And well, then that, that one guy who was like, "Oh, I want you to mistreat me," and she doesn't like. She helps him, and so they have to send in his regular girl. Yeah, yeah, that's not the Jap- the Japanese guy had like like uh, pain devices or something like that. I don't know, but the guy she falls for. Wears this like seventies leather jacket, and he's like a lanky guy, but his teeth are kind of weird. Mm. But I thought that the guy in this movie reminded me of him, except for you could tell it wasn't he didn't have those teeth. Yes, yeah, perfect teeth. He didn't There's speak French. About this actor, he had perfect teeth. Right. And also, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm trying to think of a. He looked like Woody. That's that's what it is. You put it with the with the skinny arms, gangly, yeah, like that kind of thing. Cool. He didn't look like he was related to Betty Davis. Because he was about six feet taller than her. You're saying he didn't have Betty Davis eyes? No, he didn't. Ah! <laughs> Speaking of music. I think everyone's going to hate me from now. You guys like the music in this movie, right? Oh, yeah. This was yeah. some funky music. I was all about that 70s. Wow, 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 wow. 
<laughs> yeah. Two things about this movie, guys, if you really want to know. There's a lot of wah-wah-wah-wah, and there's a lot of Goats and uh, yeah. 70s funk music. And then there's little kids dress up like Conan the Barbarians, uh, a.k.a. also the Warriors. I think, I think of you're, you're, you're doing a wow. Yeah. I think it's you know, like, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah it, kind of thing. Like, it, I don't know. Wow, 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 wow. It like, was. with Shaft or something. Funky People's Court. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Funky People's Court. I hear those bongos and stuff. That's the, that's the court you don't want to go to. It's funky. Was there, <laughs> was there a particular aesthetic sound that they would do when they were using their powers as well? Like, can you guys recall? I, I feel- can't remember. Maybe like a theremin or something. Was, was, was that was that present? Because sometimes when that stuff happens, I tune it out in my head. Yeah, if that makes sense. Yeah, in the first movie, they definitely were using something very like if it wasn't a theremin, it sounded like because it was like yeah, like a you know kind of thing. yeah, yeah. And I don't really remember it going on in the second movie near as nearly as much. Okay, okay. So it wasn't just me because like uh, honestly, I I relate these type of scenes in. In particular, kids like like the movie I'm thinking of is the the one with the cat that's an alien, and it's got a collar that like glows every now and then. Yeah, I know what you're talking about. But they use that effect normally mm-hmm. w- whenever the cat is using its collar. Yeah, I guess I didn't notice it that much. I thought the music was really like energetic in this, mm-hmm. but some of the circumstances seemed a little bit mundane for the level of the music action. Yeah, no. No, I totally get that. That's I totally how get, I felt. Like a group of kids running down the street. Wow, 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 yeah. wow. <laughs> Let's go to this abandoned house. Like old by that old water silo. <laughs> but it's like shafts checking it out. <laughs> the, the truancy officer. Oh yeah, they're going to take us to school. <laughs> Truancy officers after us. <laughs> I don't want to go to school. Yep. Neither do I, kid, but you know what? You have to. Do your time. Those kids look down on their luck. Yeah, they definitely weren't the toughest gang in Los Angeles. I didn't get that vibe. I mean, weren't they hungry? Well, that was the funny part was is that um, after, after the, the brother is kidnapped... And the sister saves the kids, and they reconcile with, for a place for her to hide, being their hangout with the crystal skull. Um, they all each talk about how tough they are for about five minutes, then they all go home. <laughs> they talk about how they're going yeah, they to their homes. <laughs> We're going to go eat dinner with our mom, they say, yeah. something like that. Yeah. yeah. So. I, f- I feel like these kids were intended to be homeless, and then somebody was like, no, they need to have homes. I, I have a feeling, too, that there was definitely, <laughs> like, a little little uh, studio interjection there of, no, 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 be sure to, you know, and there were have a co- that family unit. There were a couple of moments, too, where I thought someone might, it looked like it could have gone far enough that someone could have been killed by something. Oh, yeah. Like the car crash. Yeah. And, like, immediately afterwards, they were like, everybody okay? And they were like, yeah. Like, immediately afterwards, after the van crash. Yeah. You flip a van, yeah. That's, yeah. yeah. I'm sure that one of them got a bruise, at least, they if that died. really happened. I, I was sure they were going to die, yeah. Or, you know, that should have been the end of the movie. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> yes, I'm learning. I'm gonna learn how to video edit, and once that van flips over, I'm just gonna put on, on the screen. <laughs> Play sad music over, and then uh, I would try to like clip in a little bit of the goat just walking down the street, and then just put the end. Oh, what I'll do is I'll, I'll put the goat bursting through the door. <laughs> the and, goat and followed by the van flipping over. Oh, oh, that's good. The goat is really the hero and kind of stole the show. He doesn't come into the last, like, 20 minutes either, which is unfortunate. We could have used a goat the whole time. Yeah. I Totally. I think that the beats in the movie are, like, she meets the kids, the little gang of kids... Then a- after he well, gets Tony gets kidnapped. Yeah, I didn't even mention that he like immediately sticks a thing. Or no, he does. He injects him. I forgot about that. He like injects him, and next time we see Tony, <laughs> he's on a table with his shirt off, and they're like <laughs> running experiments on him. Our good doctors, chloroform ready at any moment. <laughs> oh yeah, they got gas. They got chloroform. They got something in the the needle ready to go. Not Dude. to mention the mind control chip. Dude's got yeah. Dude's got kidnap on the mind. This isn't his first time stealing children. <laughs> no, no, not at all. Not at all. He abuses people. Yeah. <laughs> I a, guess I guess user. I guess if you do create some type of uh mind control, you you must be, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah, he, I mean he takes it to the logical conclusion by the end of the movie. Maybe when he was in jail, he also developed the Polybius uh, arcade machine. That's probably exactly what happened. I knew it. They didn't destroy everything in that lab. It was probably down there. Oh, dang. Somebody was like, hey. Christopher Lee's like, of course, this arcade machine will control the children with it. Dang. And all it really did was give them headaches and make them nauseous. That's right. MK Ultra. You're right, though. The goat totally stole the show, Sarah. Like, there's no doubt about it. That made me happier. I mean, I like animals anyway, but I feel like I would have found that part more interesting than a lot of the stuff that happened anyway. I'm wondering, um, I'm wondering if this is a continual theme. Obviously, we have, you know, talking talking to bears in the first movie um, and other, other type animal dogs. The cat's really cute in the first one. And then this one has a goat. I'm wondering if the third film also kind of finishes the trilogy of uh, kids with superpowers hanging out with animals. Yeah, who knows? I, I mean, they better have some sort of, like, because I think that's really interesting that she's able to communicate with animals that way, like, just yeah. just as a power. I like whatever. it. I like it a lot. It's cool. There's an urgency to the first movie that this one doesn't have, even though we're... Yeah. It's like an imaginary time limit. Like, we need to get back to the Rose Bowl. At the rendezvous point to meet our uncle who dropped us off in L.A. for the weekend. Pasadena. Whatever. <laughs> I don't even know. Yeah. <laughs> you know. Kids, enjoy 1970s Los Angeles. I hope you're okay. Right. <laughs> That's what I was thinking. Are you wearing gang neutral colors? Okay, just check. <laughs> yeah. I thought actually she, she was red. She was wearing red. It made me think of in Deep Space Nine when they go to the pleasure planet with Worf. Oh yeah, the, it's like a <laughs> it's like a retreat, and I was like, oh, they're just going to another planet for a vacation getaway. Yeah, uh, well, that was weird because like. In the first movie, I felt like their ship had crashed or something like that. Like, that's what they were indicating. Yeah, you don't... Yeah. And uh, 
In this one, they were like, oh, you didn't get the chance to grow up like a regular human. You get to go to the museum and possibly a concert or something like that. It's like, wait, wait, are you saying that you also grew up on the planet? I wonder if he got him, like, tickets to go see the monkeys That would have been. I'm just trying to think what, like, 1978 Los Angeles. That'd be great to go see the monkeys and, like, go to the La Brea Tar Pit. Yeah. see that, yeah. Yeah, there would have been some fun stuff for them to do if they'd had a appropriate guardian with them. <laughs> yeah. They could have bought their, like, Davy Jones t-shirt, you know, and just been like, yeah. Good thing our appropriate, also telepathic guardian was here for us. Yeah. Telekinetic. If he had actually, like, bothered. To- <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, he was he was sitting on the that spaceship. Is this... Smoking himself crazy and watching, you know, I don't know, whatever he wants. Now that the kids aren't around. Is this like a reflection of, like, parenting in the 1970s going on here, guys? I mean... Maybe, I don't know. I mean, he's not the only absentee adult figure in this movie, because obviously... Oh, all, the the, all them the, kids. The gang kids are letting them run around, you know, they... They must have been getting calls from the school being like, your children aren't showing up, you know? Mm-hmm. Yep. I like that this truant officer has absolutely nothing else to do with his life. <laughs> except yeah. hang around in a van in bad parts of town looking for kids that are skipping school. Mr. Yakumoto loves his job, okay? It's like in, um... It's like in Ferris Bueller's Day Off when, yeah. like, they oh, keep Prince trying Bologna. to catch him. Yeah. Like, really? <laughs> I know grown-ups can be a bummer sometimes, but most of the time they have better stuff to do than just, like, see if someone is pretending to be sick from school. He's just devoted to education and making sure. And he even said, he was like, someday you can come back and visit me and say, thanks for picking me up. Wait, who are you talking about? You said that to the, the alien boys? Girls? I think he, he said that to the, the, the young gang gang kids. Oh, okay. Who yeah. didn't have switchblades and or firearms or other ways to... <laughs> the regular kids. These kids <laughs> thought the name Dazzler was tough. Come on. <laughs> I, I, I gotta say, that was probably the most... Uh, that was the moment in this film I didn't expect. Dazzler? Yeah, that oh, was the okay. one moment. Well, I expected him just to be like, you know, I don't know, like some street name, like Tough Dog or, you know, <laughs> um, Bag of Bricks. At least he didn't do like uh, like <laughs> yeah, he yeah. finger wave thing when he said, and I'm Dazzler. I thought he would grow up to be an illusionist based yeah. on that name. Yeah. Well, they thought they were magicians using them psychic powers. Or, or whatever's going on. So uh, a couple of good set pieces in this movie. I'd say the whole museum gold heist is actually very entertaining. Yeah. Yeah. It's pretty crazy. For me, that was like the only entertaining part. And oh, sorry. And even that. No, I'm not saying it's the only entertaining part of the movie, but it was the only entertaining part that had to do with the actual like plot. Yeah, like storyline of of the kid being kidnapped and them using him to do something that they couldn't have done without him. Precisely. Yeah, I felt like that was like okay. Well, they actually are using him to try and steal something that they wouldn't be able to get at if he didn't have the ability to lift it with his mind. 
it's kind of like they're trying to figure out ways that they can use this kid's powers for their own personal game. And, and like, I feel like they're they're reaching, like, overestimating what the kid will be pe- uh, capable of doing and what they'll be able to get away with. Like, I know it's a kid's movie, and this is just me nitpicking, but, like, I just... He can do things with his brain, yeah, uh, and he can lift people up, but he's not... It's not omnipotent or something like right. that. Like they're not going to get away with that gold <laughs> if they <laughs> if they had gotten away with the gold. Yeah, I see what you're saying. Right, but that was funny watching the the bricks of gold just get thrown at the car. <laughs> Somebody had fun throwing those oh, yeah. at the car. <laughs> Absolutely, right. <laughs> yeah. And then it was like, there's no way the car is going to be able to handle that weight. And sure enough, when you see the car, it's like partially crushed down by all the gold weight. <laughs> they have to leave it. And then Christopher Lee comes and he's like, Betty Davis, you and your nephew should get back <laughs> to my basement right now. Cut it out. <laughs> so good. <laughs> I told you we're only going to use this these powers for super evil, not regular evil. Yes, indeed, indeed. I think it's a lot like other kids' movies at the time, like... Maybe something like Freaky Friday or The Nutty Professor or what else? Um, I was thinking of uh, Mr. Super Invisible. That actually was the first thing this movie reminded me of. And that was like a made-for-TV movie, wasn't it? No, it just wasn't. um, It was like in the style of the Disney movies, but it was actually made by like a a different company. Yeah, I, it reminded me of that tremendously. Um, the first powers they started using, like the first, those things reminded me of the way they did Mr. Invisible or whatever it was called. Totally. I just couldn't remember it right now, but I was thinking about it while we were watching it. And it is silly. There's some silly stuff. I like those two main kids, like as. Yeah. Oh yeah, as characters, like in the movie, I think that they are they they do a really good job of of holding the movie together. Like they are the ones who have to hold most of the weight of the plot. And I think in this one, unfortunately, uh, I mean, Ty does great. She the the woman who plays or, or the girl who plays Ty in the movie. She oh does yeah, a good enough job holding the movie herself. But it kind of sucks that Tony is relegated to just standing there and taking orders and not actually, like, saying anything. Being being the manipulated. Yeah. Instead, we had the precocious kid bunch. Which I was worried were going to be incredibly irritating, and they weren't. They were okay. Oh, I mean, the movie just basically consisted of them running from point A to point B, for the most part. Yeah, I was glad we didn't get, like, a ton of the group of kids, because I... I really thought that the other two kid actors were really good and they were, I was following what was going on with them more and I was glad that they didn't just turn it into like a the kids running around and talking movie. <laughs> <laughs> I think uh, if there was a pie chart of this movie, I'm really glad that there's that segment with, that's like completely goat. Me too. Uh, that goat, that goat uh, melts hearts and destroy and destroys doors. That goat had a mission. Yeah, he knew how to get into a cab. Oh yeah, across town, and he knew what kind of tip that 
cab driver actually deserved after abandoning two children, possibly. Yeah, not no concern whatsoever for those kids, huh? Just drove off. Yeah. yeah. Left him in Los Angeles. He didn't feel responsible for them going missing at all. Mm-mm. <sighs> yeah, I, I like the idea of these characters, but I think, you know, there's infinite possibilities of what could have happened to them being back oh, on yeah. Earth again. And... I felt like the story wasn't really that big of a deal, but I do think that, you know, for a kids movie from the 70s, it's not it's not so bad. It's just not my favorite, you know. You know, I thought I thought, you know, I I didn't I I see where you were coming from earlier, Sarah, where there was definitely uh some lull moments, and I'm really thankful for the particular moment with uh the museum as well. I think you're right. This movie, I, I totally see where you're coming from, and I, I agree with you that it's a it's a pretty fun kids movie. There's definitely probably better ones, but uh, I think I think overall I, I had a good experience. Yeah, this is the best movie ever made. Um, I got I don't know why you guys are so down on it. I don't know what you're trying to prove. Um, I don't think I've ever seen a better movie. Uh, Five Goes West. That movie sucks. <laughs> Another set piece that I like a lot in this movie is the whole van chase. You know, yeah. All trying to chase down evil people's car. Oh, yeah. And uh, uh, poor Mr. Yokomoto has got his uh, truancy vehicle, his, his special van for picking up children. Wait. Uh, City property. Yeah. <laughs> and he ends up in the chase going after the car. And Christopher Lee in an evil car keeps telling Tony to put different obstacles in front of the the van and ty has to quickly try to manipulate things to get things out of the way so like they bring in a bus and she lifts up the bus out of the way there's uh what what else uh there's a cement cement mixer was it or was it a gas truck or something what happens oh uh that was the one where i think they just kind of dodge out of the way of that one yeah um, they do a lot of dodging, <laughs> a lot the, of maneuvering. There's like a school bus that kind of turns sideways. All right, that one's that's the one that like lifts at the angle there. Yeah, they lift the school bus up, and then yeah, the the uh, whatever the Santa Fe Santa train Fe cars, train, the two train cars that just happen to be right there, and then the that's when the van levitates, much like the RV did. So these kids are getting good at their their psychic stuff, but yeah, it, it does eventually just. Uh, I don't. I don't even remember how it ends up crashing. Well, what happens is, is um, Christopher Lee uh, tells Tony that he needs to create a bright reflective flash oh, yeah, of light that will blind yeah. the driver. That will blind the driver. That's right. Uh, but specifically, as the driver was coming down the hill, as to cause a, ca- a, a you know a calam a catastrophic crash that will kill children. And they weren't wearing seatbelts. Uh, I mean, they don't go to school. I would assume one would lead to the other. It's the seventies, you know. I don't think. Oh, there probably wasn't even any. Yeah. yeah. It could have been better with a cat. That's just my opinion. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that cat in the first movie is pretty cute. The goat is cool too, but they could have had a cat and a goat. I just want the goat spinoff movie. You know, secret agent goat. Like I said, Alfred Goat about town. Yeah. That cat, that goat can solve a couple of mysteries. I'm telling you. Mm-hmm. 
I love that goat. I'm just thinking about it right now. I felt like they were kind of in trouble once they got a hold of his sister. Oh, yeah. When did they get a hold of her? Uh, I believe the sister was nabbed. Um, he tells her, uh, Christopher oh, Lee yeah. tells Tony to pretend that he's now receiving her messages. And in the in the dungeon or whatever it is. And that's where we first see the goat. Yeah. Because there's been a goat here this whole time and nobody knew until she came in. Quietly sitting in the corner. It's a good goat. Yeah. <laughs> Can't always count on a goat to do things like that. And he's thinking, come here, come find me, follow my voice. And then she walks right into the trap. I forgot about that part. Yeah. Same here. That's <laughs> because she gets uh, chloroformed, right? Uh, oh yeah. There was a part earlier in the movie where the um, straight up chloroformed, the gangly looking guy, the bad guy, gets the sickle. We see him with a gas mask on. That's just yeah. like been shooting him with I don't know with like. Uh, whatever, laughing gas. <laughs> D- during one of uh, Christopher Lee's characters' uh, experiments of controlling Tony. So, he should be dead. Yeah, I'm pretty sure I had that mask on for like more than a couple minutes, and I'm sure you should be brain dead right now. Yeah. There's a reason why anesthesiologists... Why did I pick the hardest word in the world to try to say? Uh, get paid a lot of money. You always. Anyways, it's a scary thing to think of. <laughs> That's like a 50-point word or something. Yeah, so they sedate her, and they've got her in this, like, iron lung-looking thing that's plastic. And then they, then she starts trying to tell... Does she try to communicate something to somebody else at first? To her brother? No, oh, she, or she's to the trying kids? to reach out to the, yeah, to rambunctious kids. And they don't receive her, but you know who receives her? The goat. Alfred. And the goat's like, oh yeah, I could do that for you. And he runs and gets the kids. And he takes something that belongs to her so that they know that she was with the goat. Yeah, the goat's carrying an ID card. Or- <laughs> I believe it was her vest. Her he steals vest. vest. And they, they run after it, yeah. They have to get that vest back. Well, I mean, all I'm going to say is if I'm a 1970s gangster kid sitting in my uh, house and a goat comes in and grabs a vest and leaves, I'm pretty sure I'm going to follow that goat. Yeah. That's another title for the alternate goat movie. Follow that goat. Follow that goat. At this point, Christopher Lee has decided, like I said, to take things to a logical conclusion, which is we're going to drive over to the local plutonium plant or whatever and... uh, Threatened to blow up a large chunk of Los Angeles using Tony. That's, I mean, that's thinking on your feet, right? Like, I've got a kid who can control things with his mind and his psychic. Like, "Eh, let's go to the plutonium plant. Well, Betty Davis's plan was to steal gold bars with a car that couldn't hold the gold bars. And I I feel that Christopher Lee's character is definitely one who's a little more, you know, he thinks more big picture, I think. And so he realizes that the power of manipulating, you know, uh, um, mass and objects uh, can be utilized much more. uh, Science. uh, I don't know. With deadlier accuracy. Not only can he gain wealth, he can gain 
power. Yes. Power is more important. Oh, we forgot to mention at the beginning he was talking about some unknown force. Oh, you mean when he saw Sickle falling to falling to his death after his his machine manufacturing? Yeah, the uh, nephew's name is Sickle. They're weird names. What is what is Betty Davis's character's name? Uh, Start with an L. Lethal. Lethal. Oh no 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 no! It was a. Uh, it didn't start with an L, did it? Sorry. The th was in the middle of it, where like an le- s or le- something le- usually is. Lethal. It was like lethal weapon. <laughs> yeah, it's lethal. Yeah, like Lisa. 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 Like Lisa, but with the <laughs> yeah, with instead of an s a th. Yeah, Lisa. And he was Victor Gannon. Lisa Gannon. Gannon and Sickle. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know why Sickle. And these people didn't really seem to enjoy each other's company that much. Well, we learned we learned <laughs> very quickly that Sickle only hung out because he was the uh, s- beneficiary of of Lethal Le- Letha's estate. That's right. So it's it's money, of course, that that is tying them together. Yes, it's all they're evil. That's all you really need to know. They've got evil ambitions, and evil brings them all together. Yeah. Gold bars, solid gold. But uh, so when they go to this plutonium plant or whatever it is, and they they lift up that poor guard who just wanted to see their ID. Um, oh yeah, they leave that guy the in the air for a long time. There's a lot of comical lifting in movies. Yeah, we just we could just brush over. We don't really have to talk about it, but like I mean, there's that guy. <laughs> it looked like they lifted him up from underneath in one shot. Like you could see his body rising. <laughs> and then in the other shot, it looked like he was on like a pulley, like from the side. They showed him from the side and he was like hanging, but it was like he was on a lift or a, what do you call it, a fly yeah. or something. Yeah. He was just trying to do his job. Even, even after he was up in the air, he was like, you can't go in there without your ID. Mm-hmm. Well, he had to do his due diligence. True. He gets down at some point because. <laughs> oh, I'm pretty sure because that- when the uh, the the gang of younglings come in, <laughs> he's he's back down at his desk, but he doesn't report the fact that there's intruders. I get the feeling that Tony being mind controlled while mind controlling probably could hold hold him up a little bit longer, but maybe it was because Lisa was. Um, had her own wits about her, uh, you know, and her full concentration was on trying to fight uh, the brother. You mean Tia? Tia, yeah, not Lisa. Lisa. Simpson. I thought you loved me. Her name's Tia. Tia, yes. Like, Sorry. Like that, wait, Tila? Tila from He-Man? Never mind. My apologies, podcast no, like and Tia all Carrera. Like my Tia and my Tio... Forgive my uh, snafu. No, we're, you're good. You're we're good. all disgusted, but we'll continue on. Thank you. It's you know. No, it, I'm I'm very thankful that you're showing this sign of disgust. It's called professionalism. I know, and my lack of 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 such thing. True, but yeah, I mean, calling that's a pretty big gamble to make, right? It's not like they were going to be able to get away if they didn't pay the five million dollars they were requesting in time. Like they were talking about a chain reaction happening because of uh, the cooling system going offline. Yeah, that's a bad move that they make trying to get a hold of these weapons. Yeah. 
I mean, what exactly were they planning to do with them? Well, I think the plan was to get the five mil, but... Oh, right, right, right. But, I mean, I, you know, it really... It, I don't know what the end game was, other than get money. Dr. Gannon was like, and make sure to tell them that Victor Gannon has completed his scientific experiments on mind control and matter manipulation. And they hung, hung up the phone like, okay, I guess we'll tell somebody. <laughs> so he's like he wanted to get famous or something. Infamous. Christopher Lee is one of James, one of the James Bond villains in one of his movies. Have either of you seen that one? Christopher which, Lee was a James Bond villain. Yes. I don't Shut know up. which one. Shut up. I think it's the one with Grace Jones in it, but I could no, be wrong about no, that. No, that's someone else that we were just talking about. That was Christopher Walken. Oh, that's true. But Christopher Lee is definitely also. Shut up. I'm looking it up right. Now. No way. I'm looking at. Your I mean, face. maybe I shouldn't be so. I'm actually pleasantly surprised. Why are you so angry? I'm not angry. I'm actually smiling. Don't hit me. I'm not angry. Okay, so it would be before the year 2000, before the year 1990. This is entertaining for listeners, right? Continue talking about the movie, guys. Um, So I gotta say that the uh, plutonium plant from the outside kind of just looked like an oil refin- <laughs> refinery. It yeah, it didn't really have the power plant aspect to it, which I mean, was a bit misleading to me. They could do that in real life, and it would probably be a good idea to have stuff hidden in a place that does not look like it would have crazy stuff inside. But yeah, there's a lot of places that look similar on the outside around here that could have been that plutonium place. <laughs> I totally see where you're coming from. Where they from. shot you're it. You're right. One, one should definitely hide your nuclear-powered uh, stuff, if possible. You ever been to the Diablo power plant? Where's that? It's in, like, Diablo, California. No. The man with the golden gun. Really? So he's the golden gun, dude? Possibly. Roger Moore. Yeah, it's got a... Uh, you're blowing my mind here, dude. It's got a... Uh, the actor who played Tattoo on Fantasy Island yep. in it, yeah. And Sheriff J.W. Pepper. <laughs> That's crazy, Joel. Is he wearing an eye patch or something? No, but I believe he has a superfluous third nipple for some reason. That's a plot point. Really? Yeah, he's the third nipple man. You're right. Damn, how could I forget these important facts? Third nipple man. Well, Actually, there's not a song. We'll need to. Uh, we'll need to stop doing this podcast and start our... Uh, please don't be a James Bond villain. Podcast. <laughs> I like it. Ooh, Bond villain by Bond villain. <laughs> you can give that the kill by kill bios. <laughs> please, please don't kill James Bond's wife. The podcast. But, no, like a minute by minute, but it's like each. <gasps> oh, each Bond villain. Um, I think we got to figure it out. Uh, please don't shake, but stir the podcast. Yeah, shake and not stirred. <laughs> oh, sorry, guys. Thank you for listening to us, by the way. Appreciate appreciate all y'all. I'm a little loopy tonight. Uh, this movie sent me to a place I didn't suspect tonight. Uh, it was definitely some weird nostalgia feels. Yeah. In the sense that, like, like, I could imagine myself as a kid watching this, but I... 
but instead it was adult Aaron, like some major Dr. Manhattan Watchmen kind of stuff, but I'm, I'm back to being Aaron in the present now. Eh? That's right. And I, you know, it was a fun time. I'm really glad we got to watch this movie together. Um, I'm not, I don't know why I'm sounding like I'm wrapping it up, but if you guys want to talk more about it, I'm ready. It's because they're playing the SNL music right now. And you oh, thank you. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I really liked her outfit. Um, Tia's outfit in this was like a kid's leisure suit from the 70s. It was a very bright color and had like a little top that it had big lapels on the jacket and the shirt. And sh- it was three piece. It had a vest two that matched um and the pants were like shorts like gaucho pants or something but it was a cool look for her i mean if that were in a different color today or maybe a different fabric could be a pretty hot outfit and with the hairdo she had too i feel like yeah costume choices were pretty cool i liked what betty davis was wearing most of the time yeah and uh i agree yeah, there were some cool cool costumes and some cool little, like, locations and cars and stuff that they used, too. Like, the the van was, like, a Ford minibus, and the car was, like, a super cool, like, Citroen European yeah, sports car. Like it was really cool. Yeah. I was about it, too. Christopher Lee dressed snappily as ever. In right. Those, those, like, crisp suits and stuff like that, yeah. I wonder if it's his, his, his just his wardrobe that he wore a set. <laughs> or if it's mm-hmm. And the gangly guy mostly just wore, like, a turtleneck and some pants. The yeah, co- work for him. My favorite costume, of course, is the uh, gang kids. I feel that I... Mm-hmm. Was attuned to what they were, what they had going on. It's because that's the way you dress. That's not. That's why you, you liked it so much. You thank, thank you. Wearing your, <laughs> it takes it as a compliment, your, dude. Your wrists. Yeah. Thank you. Thank Studs. you. They almost me, me and uh, me and Conan and um, Kevin Sorbo, aka Hercules, days. All those kids are trying to beat you up at Arsenal. I know what's going on all the time. They almost seemed ahead of their time. They almost seemed like eighties kids. Sure, yeah. And yeah. this was the seventies. It's kind of like warriors, like you were saying during the movie, right? They're, they're yeah, kind of that but way. yeah, In Los Angeles for some reason, but yeah, like the cab driver totally kind of like drove across the country and decided to like <laughs> take a career, try to try to bring the the East Coast cabbie lifestyle to to the West Coast. Twenty two years of true goal, they tried to kill the Robert De Niro tried to kill me, <laughs> so I moved to the other coast. <laughs> <and> <laughs> It's been pretty good since this then. This is the sequel to Taxi Cab Driver. <laughs> but now I drive Taxi around. Driver. <laughs> His life is ruined at the end well, of this I was, movie. I was wondering, if he, did he sink into vigilanteism as well? After, you know, like, I gotta get all the goats. I don't know. I think he was arrested. It turned out he'd been smuggling, you know... Uh, I don't know, drugs for speed. years or something. <laughs> they pay me in speed, officer. <laughs> What was your favorite effect that they did in this movie? Ooh. I liked when they made a hole in the glass where the gold oh, was in the museum. Yeah. 
I thought oh, that was cool. Along the same vein, uh, when they rebuild the van oh, at the damn. end of the movie. Oh, yeah, yeah. Joel, no, it's fine. It's fine. It's so cool. No, that it is, is, that is cool. like such a good moment. Well, if, if you guys are going to choose like two really cool ones, I'm going to choose a cheesy one. Okay. I like the scene when all the kids link hands together and they, they fly over the, fly over the, the fence. fence. Yeah. <laughs> no, that was pretty memorable, that's like, that's too. Like, that's a magical moment of friendship. You know what right. I mean? Right. Yeah, they try to do it again after the alien kids, and left. they just hit that chain. <laughs> I love it. Yeah, I love it. A beat. Yeah, totally. I also like the part where the bad guy explodes eight times. Oh, that was a different movie. That's sorry. the Fury. Uh, sorry, which we'll, you just showed me tonight. We'll be covering that eventually. <laughs> there was definitely a moment where where you could totally edit that movie into this movie, though. There was definitely at least yeah. one moment. <laughs> One last Christopher Lee moment. Boom. <laughs> Obviously, a lot of this is, is pre, you know, uh, Scanners, you know. Pre- the ending was, uh, yeah. Yeah, I, I don't know when Scanners came out. No, I think Scanners is like 80s. Oh, okay. Yeah, Scanners is 80s for sure. I'm going to look because I hate I hate you. No, wait, no it's fine, Joel. But I'm just saying, yeah, there's definitely a couple moments where immobilizing adults would lead to their dismemberment in in most modern fiction nowadays. Yeah, totally. Instead of just like throwing them on a plank of wood. <laughs> the ending was a little bit of a Scooby Doo type ending, oh, yeah. where the bad guys were like up on a like a little what do you call it a painter or window washers? Yeah. Like, like thing. Yeah, I just I saw the word in my brain and it just flew out. Scaff- no. Scaffolding. Yeah. Is it? Yes. Yeah. Um Yeah, why is there <laughs> they had to paint one beam in that place or something? <laughs> I think the part that made me smile and chuckle the most was the moment when the brother uh Tony is trying to or is being manipulated to crush Tia with something that on the blatant, that blatantly on the side of it states how many tons yeah. <laughs> just so you know just so you know he's like overpower like holy crap he just wants this kid crusher dead. i want some tia jam well i mean oh. you know his need for money joel true his need for money means the death of a child he says that there's a force in this movie too which was oh, pretty know. fun i said that earlier Count you Dooku. guys both ignored me like i don't joel's i don't know what he's talking about but yes on the recording or when we were watching oh i'm sorry oh no, that's okay <laughs> <laughs> we're yes. obviously a little more awake now for some reason he totally went count dooku on it and then he was like you are the chosen one tony Aaron, get into my car out of my dreams out of my dreams. So we can, we, <laughs> we've, uh, I, I think we've teased out this movie as much as we can. I, I don't know, uh, you guys feeling okay about that? Uh, I feel like I this movie has been accurately represented. I think we, me and Sarah, uh, mostly me, watched the escape from, or escape to Witch Mountain right mm-hmm. before you actually came over. Oh, Aaron. nice, nice. And I think that that is actually a very good movie. Um, it's not, I think as a kid, I definitely would have been bored and they've probably just like you guys, I fell asleep watching oh, yeah. it many times, especially if it was like playing on the Disney Channel with commercials and stuff like that. I would have just like zoned out. I recall this was like one of few VHS tapes that, that there, I had a particular babysitter that would play this one. They knew it was going to conk you. Yeah. Out. And they knew, they knew. 
I feel like even as a kid, I found Columbo way more interesting <laughs> than <Yeah>. this. Yeah. <laughs> Columbo. But that movie, having seen it as a grown-up, is nowhere near as scary as I thought it was as a kid. Um, the, the scary thing about the first movie is those memories she keeps having of like somebody potentially drowning before they get because they do this like weird effect on the screen and they do the weird music going on. It's, I mean, it's cool to see as an adult. I really, I really liked the way that was done. Seeing that as an adult, um, even though I did fall asleep for part of it because this weekend was a long one. More power uh, to you, Sarah. Thanks. Powering through it. Um, was seeing like the nature and stuff, like where they get to the lake and they have the trees and oh, everything. Yeah. Big Sur, it's yeah. like you don't really see that. You don't really feel like you're in nature a lot in the same way in movies anymore. I wonder if one could relate escape to which mountain and return from which mountain from like predator one and predator two <laughs> predator one is out in the wilds where they're fighting the predator and predator two the predators come to the city in order to hunt a man i think the screenwriters True. all took the same class sounds about right because obviously they they all have the same screenwriters right part one and part two everything yep oh everything uh-huh <laughs> i don't think so what <laughs> What about- As I was going to say about Escape to, I, I think Escape to Witch Mountain is like an 8 out of 10. Like, just very solidly done with cool practical effects and stuff like that. And I think, I think this is like a 6.5. I don't, I don't want to say 7. I don't, it, it, I mean, numbers are meaningless. I'm, I'm just saying that, like, I still think it was good. I think it was enjoyable. I probably won't watch it again. Well, it doesn't overshadow the first. Right. That's the thing. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Definitely give it mad props for its the funky the funky soundtrack. Um, usage of a goat in a movie in, an, in as a heroic character. Um, sick cars and costumes. Costumes are really yeah a lot of good costuming. Uh, shady adults. No yeah. Winnebago's. Real shady adults, but I mean it's it is L.A. right? Mm-hmm. And it's um, from a kid's perspective. From a kid's perspective, yeah. Uh, you know, I'd probably view this movie again. But I'd probably what I would do is I would try to find the third one so I could do like a mini marathon, watch them all. That'd be pretty fun. I probably wouldn't choose to watch this again um, unless it was like a party situation where I didn't have to play pay full attention to it. And Escape from Witch Mountain too. I don't know, or Escape to Witch Mountain. Um, I don't know if I would show that to like kids I know. Like, there are some movies where I'm like, I want to show them this one because I really, really like it, but I don't think it's the kind that I would. Like, I don't I don't know if they'd enjoy it. I don't know if I really enjoyed it as a kid. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. It is interesting, and it is, you know, it's not that it's a bad story. It's just maybe not the most fun movie-watching experience for kids. Parents, have your kids watch the movie and write in today. Not, not you. I want letters from the kids. I would say if you are looking for movies that possess kids with, like, uh, mental powers, or not even movies, um, there's a manga that's called My Psychic Girl. That one's really awesome. I highly recommend it. 
um, going on eBay and buying in a complete run of that comic and reading it. It's pretty good. You want our listeners to read? I'm just saying, if you're looking for really cool, similar storylines. They could also read the book that this is based on. I'm sure they could, Joel. Was it just the first one that a book um, was used as the source material? Yeah, there was no second book. Yeah. As far as, far as I could tell, based on my uh, cursory glance on the internet. Okay. Uh, <laughs> to to go completely <laughs> off so- a topic before we round up or uh, read the outro stuff, uh, another movie series that goes from the foresty area to the city area, mm-hmm. Short Circuit. Oh, you're right. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. We should do Short Circuit. I haven't seen it in years, but I used to watch it as a kid. Los Lobos. It's got the doobie, br- or not the doobie. Oh, God. It's got the Bee Gees in it. That's right. More than a woman. That's right. Well, he's more than a he's more than a man, too, because he's a robot. More than a robot to me. Yeah. That's probably how I first more got to know robot. that song. And you can hear, you can finally hear uh, Who's Johnny by... De- Barge? Is that the name of that band? Which song? You don't know the song. We've had this discussion before. The band is... Oh, yeah, yeah. New Jack Swing. Although that song is not... Anyways, uh, I'm going to read the outro stuff. You guys think of a lesson you learned. There's a weird Al parody of that song, Joel. Yeah, I know. Here's Johnny. Here's John. What? Is it from a later album? Um, no... I'll tell you next time. <laughs> okay. Hey, listener, if you want <laughs> you want to write in a suggestion to us uh, or a comment or uh, you want to tell us to shut up, uh, <laughs> send an email to please don't podcast at gmail.com. I'd like to hear some stories that you remember of uh, watching uh, movies on TV when you were younger that put you to sleep, but you still think are fascinating in some way. <laughs> I mean, like, uh, just off the top of my head, I always used to fall asleep to Mary Poppins, which we, we discussed here. And then, then this one, a, a bunch of Disney, like, movies that were like, just, Popeye. just interesting enough that I remember, but not necessarily able to keep my attention. Yeah, Popeye was another one, too. Yeah. That Robert Altman, he sure knew how to make a movie. Uh, or you can message us on Facebook, facebook.com slash P-D-S-M-I-O-S. If you listen to us on Apple Podcasts, iTunes, or any of the like, we'd appreciate it if you left us a star and or written rating on that particular service. Uh, I don't know if there are other services that allow ratings, but if you could rate us anywhere or tell your friends about us or tell your family about us or... If there's a favorite episode, tell people to listen to that one. We'd appreciate that. Thank you in advance. Yes. Or we'll remove the coolant from your nuclear reactors until you give us all five star likes. (laughs) Until you tell five of your friends about our podcast, you will die of this explosion, which will also kill us. Ten megaton explosion from your nuclear reactors. And remember to tell them Joel Torres did it. (laughs) Ha 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 ha. Kaboom. <laughs> if you'd like to hear more podcasts like us, check out our the other podcast on the Ear Trumpet Audio Network. EarTrumpetAudio.com for all that good stuff. All right, give me a lesson. Somebody, did you learn a lesson? Did you? Would you oh, yeah. Talk about a lesson. You yeah. Learned? Oh, man. Um, 
if, for whatever reason, you receive a premonition that someone is going to fall from a roof, don't go by yourself. Take your sister with you. Because, more than likely, your sister is also going to have awesome, cool mental powers. And she can just, like, you know, stop people from chloroforming you. Yeah, at least... You can always you, find her in like, a different leave her, cab. Leave her on the corner. She could have been the backup, you know? You got cool magical powers. You can find a car again or fly to the hotel that's another (laughs) thing i thought of while they were you know down on their luck is that they could levitate themselves if need be to the hotel well she does i mean it there's a little bit of a contradiction there because she states she doesn't know where the hotel is oh to to the boys when, 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 when she's in the clubhouse or whatever i see gang gang central headquarters she's just what, like the 11-year-old, 12-year-old kid? Come I on. don't know how old they're supposed to be versus how old they actually were when they made this, but it looked like he may have been about to get a faint mustache. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I will say, though, that like from his perspective, I understand why he wanted his sister to be safe. Oh, yeah, yeah. I get it. But I'm just saying my lesson is, is don't. Don't ever go out in Los Angeles alone. <laughs> She's been able to handle everything on her own anyway. Like yeah. I, I don't. It's it's counterintuitive to the previous movie where she's been able to do things just as well as he has. It's not Got a, it. Not a like I need to protect my sister kind of situation. Okay, but I, whatever. Plot well, you understand what of I'm, the movie. You understand what I'm coming from, though. No, Aaron, you're putting women down. Oh, well, that's not my. I'm just saying the, the lady, the sister could have been there to save him. That's true. Is He's what I'm trying to say. He's not putting her down. Another thing they could have done, just let that man die. <laughs> yeah, you're right. Sundown, you better take care if I find you creeping around my back stairs. What? <laughs> I've had it in my head for like an hour. Oh, I'm sorry. The other lesson... Put that out. The other lesson I learned is I want more goat movies. Yeah, I didn't know that either. Yeah, that's a good lesson. Oh, a lesson for me. I want Black Phillip the movie. <laughs> <laughs> that would be cool. Um, my lesson for this movie is... If you get dropped on a planet that's not something you're completely familiar with um maybe have a backup plan in case of emergencies or or a map or something they had a map in the first one right <laughs> i mean yeah they had kind of a map yeah but that's that's what sent them on their whole journey i just think it's weird that like he didn't even give him like an address to the hotel or nothing that's weird the cab driver knew all the information. That's that's the thing. He trusted too much in this cab driver. Like, here's a piece of paper. Take that with you. Did the cab driver just throw it away or something like that? I'm just saying when a cab driver comes screaming in reverse at yeah. you. Yeah. Uh-uh. That's no. a sign. I feel like, yeah, they could have had a babysitter at the hotel or something, but it seemed like they were having a wild weekend in L.A., like, as kids. Woo. Who were lost in the bad part of town. <laughs> you have to go from r- the Rose Bowl That's through Pasadena. the bad part of town, and then you end up at the museum. Everyone knows this. They made it to at least the La Brea Tar Pits because we saw those. Right. Those are in Pasadena, right? No. 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 But the Rose Bowl is. 
the lesson I learned from this movie is that there's lots of cool things to see in Los Angeles, like museums and tar pits and derelict buildings. And, Concerts. Uh, castles where rich people have laboratories underneath. Oh, yeah, I forgot about that. Yeah, concerts. And concerts. And Rose Bowls. And there's almost nobody around except for the people that are a part of your plot, so don't even worry. Oh, and, and police officers. There's truant officers that just hang out all day. <laughs> one truant officer and at least two police officers. <laughs> the entire city of Los Angeles patrolled by one truant officer. We, we didn't even talk about how disappointed those police officers were in both cases. It was a car accident. One, one's a flipped van. Mm-hmm. And he's not running over there to be like, oh my god, is everybody okay? It's no. like, you, you did something bad. And then the cab driver, whose 19-year clean record is just ruined. Yeah, that's the part that kind of made me laugh at the end of the movie, how like um, our truant officer was like, oh yeah, once they see th- this, they'll they'll totally think that everything was, you know, totally going to be okay. When like the cop totally wrote up like a whole report. <laughs> like, you know that that it's going down, you know. Yeah, it's a, yeah. <laughs> there's a police report, sir. Yeah. This officer is betting his entire career on this. Uh, good luck with that. There are undercover truant officers everywhere <laughs> looking to see if kids are skipping school. You better watch out, guys. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see you next week, folks. Thank you for listening. Bye. See ya. Thanks. Bye. EarTrumpetAudio.com Ideas and entertainment. Loud and clear.